Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Cindy O'Bannon. Cindy describes herself as liaison, troubleshooter, trainer, headhunter, resource, confidant, cheerleader, aka business consultant and program developer. Cindy's a veteran consultant and skilled at wearing the many hats required to assist innovative business leaders to mindfully incorporate sustainable disability and inclusion practices into their work sites. Welcome to the podcast, Cindy. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you for your invitation. So uh, I was so intrigued. I, uh, as you know, we were connected by a friend who met you on a site, on, on a flight rather, and uh, she was just so uh, taken by the work that you're doing. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do and, and uh, what that's all about? Sure. Well, my title is a disability consultant. And for the last 10 years, I've been working with industry to build the capacity to hire individuals with disabilities in the industry of agriculture. So these positions are in integrated work sites, the work is competitive, and the individuals are um, just like any other person that's hired to work on a farm. Okay. And uh, how how did you come to do this work? Well, I have a history of working in social service. I started my career working in residential facilities, supporting individuals who were transitioning out of institutions into community living. And I did that for about 15 years. And then in 2005, I moved to Washington State and made the transition to vocational support, where I was working in... um, facility-based sites where I was supporting individuals with disabilities to build the capacity to be prepared for community employment. And uh, through that, got a phone call one day from a gentleman who asked me if I would be interested in supporting a local farm to integrate a hiring initiative into their hiring practices that would allow them to source individuals with disabilities for competitive employment. Wow. What a visionary person. Absolutely. Yes, this is, it is very visionary what they're doing because it's really about taking the label out of disability and saying, you know, we understand that individuals with disabilities can work, want to work. Often the biggest barrier is access to employment. Hmm. Well, um, I guess I think of, uh, of agriculture as a very physical kind of work. And, um, you know, how can people with disabilities, physical disabilities, I guess, cope in that kind of environment? Is there other things that employers need to provide? Is it, you know, how does that process work in, in helping people to 
really be productive. Well, just like with any employee, the individuals have to be able to perform the essential functions of the job. So a large part of what I do is ensure that we are vetting the right candidates for the job. So it's understanding what the work is based on good job descriptions that clearly define the essential functions of the job, and then going out and sourcing candidates who can do the job. However, that said, if if there's uh, an accommodation that's required, then we work with that individual to figure out um, how do we help them do the job, right? Um, so that might be something we, in the past, we've purchased for somebody who has a fine motor skill issue. You know, one of the jobs on a farm is tying, where you tie vines, grapevines to mm-hmm. the cordon, or you might be tying training young trees to a trellis system. So it requires some fine motor skill. Um, Some people struggle with that. So they actually have uh, little machines that uh, will do the tying for you. So that's something that we've purchased in the past as an accommodation for somebody who struggled with that fine motor ability. So it's really case by case and individualized. Okay. So is that something that you work with employers on is, is individualizing it? Yes. So the employer, I think probably the most important thing to understand is that you're hiring a person to do a job and every employee that you hire, regardless of a label may need an accommodation. I think we all get accommodated in our jobs at some point Uh, We might need a different chair. We might need a different um, mouse. Um, And so it's thinking about it just individually. When you hire a person, that person comes with a skill set, and they may need some accommodation to do their job. And that's what I really encourage individuals, employers who hire people with disabilities, to really think about you hiring a person to do a job. And that person may at some point need accommodation. Okay. Um, so in the, what is it that, uh, I know you work with a collective of consultants. So uh, is everyone focused on in this realm or do you do a variety of things? I am specifically focused on this hiring initiative and it's called Fruits of Employment. And um, it really, they, it is, it was an idea that was brought forward by um, an individual who has a child with a disability. And they, they wanted to, not only for their child, you know, when they think about, I think my exposure to parents who have children who have disabilities is they're thinking long-term for their child. What's going to happen with my child um, when they leave the security of school and they begin to think about post-secondary education or they begin to think about employment, what will happen for them? And so this individual was considering that for their own child and then began to think more broadly about how, what larger impact could I make? Um, and because they have some, some capacity um, to interface with farm management companies, they said, hey, could we do this? Could we, could we start a hiring initiative in the industry of agriculture that 
truly gave individuals in, individuals with disabilities employment that was competitive and integrated. And those two things are important because they meet the requirements of employment first, which is at a federal and state level is what the government is saying um, is best practice for individuals with disabilities. That employment should be the first choice for an individual with a disability. And that employment needs to be competitive and it needs to be integrated. And so with that mindset, we, we've always sort of worked towards the idea that you're hiring a person to do a job. Disability is secondary in that it shouldn't be the main focus. The focus should be on hiring the right person to do the job. And that just so happens to be an individual with a disability when that's who we're sourcing. Right. Okay. Well, um, in are, what do you feel are the ways that you have impact by doing this work? How does it affect people? How does it affect communities? My experience is that for individuals with disabilities who are given access to employment, where the, the, the playing field is leveled, right? The, they're working with employers who have an understanding. They've built internal capacity in order to hire an individual with a disability. They receive some training and have some understanding that if an individual with a disability becomes their employee, they may need some support to be successful. They may navigate the world slightly different than some of their other employees. So that's okay. Um, but what I've noticed is for individuals with disabilities, when they're given that opportunity, when the, when the playing field is level, it changes their lives in profound ways. Um, we have individuals who, we have uh, actually the first individual who was hired, uh, when he first was hired, he was very quiet, very shy. Um, his mother drove him to work. That was his form of transportation. Um, and he now, um, you know, after a few years, actually purchased his own car, um, mm. is much more, um, <laughs> he's much more talkative and interactive. And um, he, one of his favorite things to do is go and, Sing karaoke. Um, you know, his, yeah, his life bloomed in, I think, unexpected ways. Uh, I think it was unexpected for him. So, on an individual level, for the people that get hired, there's something so gratifying about having access to employment just like you and I do, um, where the person is valued for the work that they do. And it's not based on anything else. It's not based on a label of disability. It's I come to work, I do my job, I get paid to do my job. There's also the dignity of risk that is inherent in life. So if you come to work and perhaps you don't do your job or you do something that you shouldn't do, you may be disciplined. And yes, that's painful, but that is a part of of life, that's the dignity of risk. Uh, and you know, it's, it's just been 
heartening to see the changes in some of the individuals who come out and you know, just compete as an employee. They're just like everybody else doing a job. Yeah, I love that. I love that term, dignity of risk. I've never heard anyone use that before. And it's true. I mean, that you have some agency yeah. in your life. You have an opportunity to try something and just be given a given chance to do the things that other people are doing. Right. You're, you're, and, yeah. and, yeah. and have the consequences of that, whatever, yes. <laughs> whatever kind of job you do for that. Yeah. Right. And most of the time, right, we learn typically learn the most when we fail or it seems like a failure right when we when we mess up and then we go oh wait a minute that's a little bit of an adjustment and I need to adjust my behavior um, for the employers what I what I my experience has been is that it makes them better employers right because they they've now they're beginning to look at all of their employees and think about, it just sort of plants the seed that every employee may need some some assistance to do their job better. Um, and it's not about, and that isn't even about disability, right? It, I think it helps them see people more individually. Mm -hmm. um, and my experience with these employers has been so positive. One thing that I've recognized working with uh, employers in the industry of agriculture is they are incredibly skilled at training their staff, um, at assisting them to acquire the skills that are required for them to do their job successfully um, very rapidly. Um, I'm very impressed by their ability to accommodate their staff to do their jobs and do them well. Yeah, I was. I uh, wanted to ask you about how does this affect employer companies, and uh, I mean, you've started to talk about that. That they do you think that it it challenges them to come up with better training that to, they kind of up their game in terms of the training they provide. I think it. I think yes. At times, I think it. Again, it goes back to individually. Um, I think that there are some employees that. Yes, they, 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 they cause us to stretch and to think about not only how do we support that person to gain the skills to do that job, but also does the job have to be done that way? You know, yes, it's been done that way for this long, but could it be done slightly differently? Does it matter how it's done as long as it's done? I think that's something that happens also is we begin to look at how work is done. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, well to kind of take that a bit further in terms of how does it affect employer companies? I mean, how do you make a case for hiring disabled employees? I mean, are there, are there costs involved? What do you what do you say to people in terms of, you know, let's look at this opportunity here and, and uh, what kinds of things do they need to consider? I think the most important thing that they need to consider is their decision to hire individuals, to actively build the capacity to hire individuals from a different labor, labor pool. This is not traditionally who they would be hiring. So first and foremost, it's making a commitment. And I think that commitment needs to be communicated early and often. 
the costs associated, I think it's the, it's the, it's the initial costs. It's building the internal capacity to hire an individual um, or individuals who are different than your typical labor pool. Not, that's probably not the best way to say that. They're not different. You're just hiring, you're hiring in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in agriculture, they have a really, people are hired in the same traditional way, right? If I want a job, I go to a window, they're hiring, they hire me. Um, this hiring individuals with disabilities, it takes a little more effort because people with disabilities don't often know those traditional hiring mechanisms or routes. And so we really have to go out and find them. The initial costs are really upfront in building internal capacity within the business itself. So you might, so one of the things that an, a business may need to do is look at their policies and procedures and look at their communication uh, platforms. Are all of those things accessible to an individual with a disability? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. They need to look at, they really have to look at all of their policies. Are they administering their policies equitably across their entire workforce? So that when you hire somebody who has a disability, um, it's an it's an it's a level playing field. Um, trying to think how to break this down to to make it more accessible. So yeah. it, it really forces businesses, I think, to become more mindful of their own internal policies practices and procedures because they need to be mindful about not making any employment decisions that could be seen as discriminatory. Um, And that can be really innocent in that, you know, maybe they have a policy that isn't administered across the board or maybe they don't have a really strong handbook. And so employees are sort of don't really know what the rules are. So it's, it's helping them look at everything internally before they begin to hire someone to ensure that um, they're, you know, they're, they're following good business practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and how do you support companies in in keeping this up? I mean, you just talked about a couple of things like making the decision to hire disabled employees and then creating a level playing field by being more mindful of internal practices, policies, and procedures. So those are things that you you do more at the beginning of the process. How do you continue to keep this going and to uh, kind of embed it in the, the culture of the organization or the philosophy? So we do provide upfront training to employers that's disability specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the thrust of that training is helping employers, once again, to understand you're hiring a person to do a job. And however you manage the rest of your staff is how you should be managing these individuals. Mm-hmm. It's just good business. Um, you're just hiring a person to do a job. 
Okay. Um, well, are there ways that you, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was surprised at the beginning to hear you talk about the agriculture field and I, I, you know, you explained how you got into it. So have you, have you learned a lot about agriculture along the way or is this, is this some work that you're doing in other areas now that you've, you've delved into it in this realm? I have learned quite a bit about agriculture. For the, first, <laughs> for the okay. first four and a half years of the development of this initiative, I, I worked in the fields um, in an apple orchard and in uh, vineyards in California and worked every day along with the individuals who were hired. Um, and I did that because um, I really felt as a consultant to these businesses, I need to understand their industry. And it also helped me understand what an individual who was being hired would be required to do so that I had a far better grasp of the industry and um, of the skill set that would be required. Sure. Yeah. Are, are you doing this disability work in other areas now too, or? Just recently we've expanded to um, assisting a corporate in a corporate setting for them to hire an, uh, an intern. Ah, great. Good. So, I mean, all of us, I mean, you, you've been a consultant for a long time, so you're an entrepreneur. So all of us bump up against some challenges as we're building and growing our businesses. And I'd love to delve a little bit into, um, you know, your experiences with your business. So what are some of the things that, that you found challenging about building a consulting practice? And, uh, and how have you, have you worked with that? How have you been able to bring that along? Well, I am my capacity, I'm an, I work for APSI. They're my employer of record. Mm, okay. I have worked as an embedded consultant in this hiring initiative. Nice. That was a strategic decision early on is to have one consultant who was embedded in the companies to provide ongoing support. Earlier you asked about what, what do we what do I do on a long-term basis to keep this initiative going? Right. And one of the things that we recognized early on is that in order to be supportive of the employers, we needed to have the capacity to meet the needs of the individuals who were hired and the employer at the speed of business. So when I work with agencies, social service agencies don't always have the ability to respond as quickly as business needs. And so that really has become my role many times is to be that support person for the individuals who have been hired um, and for the employers, if that makes sense. So I really have been a liaison um, to the employer and to the individuals who have been hired. Okay. So I'm an embedded consultant in this initiative. And remind everyone, what's APSI? What does it stand for? APSI is the Association of People for Supported Employment First. Okay, great. One of the things that you talk about in your bio is that you um, you encourage people to have fun. Yes. <laughs> Which is great. So talk a little about that. Well, this is such a sort of heady topic. You know, it, people have a lot of um, opinions about um, 
people with disabilities being hired, being able to work in competitive employment. And um, there are a lot of unconscious biases that are associated with this topic. Mm -hmm. And because they are unconscious, they can really bog down the progress that that people are working towards. And, um, you know, there are things that are just going to happen <laughs> that are innate to the creation process. Sure. And if we can learn to just recognize that that's a part of it, that there's a, there is this innate timing that happens. And what I recognize is, is there's this learning curve that needs to occur also that we, that when we start with an employer, a new employer, there is, there's this time that needs to be given to them to sort of get it and get it in the way back to my kind of standard thing. You're hiring a person to do a job. And so if you give them that time and you learn to have fun in the process of, okay, we, we messed that up. We, we, let's do that again. Um, and let's figure out how to use something that maybe didn't work out so well to our benefit. And so I think it's just having some level, level, levity about what you're doing and not making it so arduous and such a serious thing because really you're just hiring a dude to do a job. <laughs> well, that's a great summary of <laughs> what you do. That's great. Well, Cindy, the, the way that we wrap up these interviews is with a, a series of questions about impact, uh, rapid rounds. So if you're game, we can delve into those. Absolutely. Great. So first, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact of contributing? Biggest thing I've learned about contributing is I think that's it. L recognizing that there is this innate timing and don't fight against it, go with it and trust it. And doors will open and things will happen and you'll be surprised. Just keep moving forward. That is great. I love that because um, as business people, we sometimes kind of want to push, keep pushing the river and uh, that's uh, that can work against us. So I love that. Um, Second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? Learn to listen mm -hmm. for those unspoken needs. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes people just don't know what they need. And so it's, it's really gaining the skill to just be quiet and listen for what it is that they're truly saying that they need. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that, that requires some uh, resting in yourself and, and having insight. And uh, yeah, those are all great skills to develop. So the last question is, what's one piece of advice you would share or an insight with other people who are asking, how can I have impact? How can I affect things positively? I think, I think that those things are given to us. I think that there's that little niggling in you. There's that little part of you that is sometimes there's this knocking inside of you and you know that you must do that thing. And I think it's learning to listen to that and 
because I believe that's your calling. It's mm-hmm. the thing that you've been asked to do. And sometimes that's scary. Um, <laughs> it is. But what I've recognized or what I've realized in my experiences is that when you open that door, the people show up, things fall into place um, because you have this, this calling on you. And I think that you are supported in that when you just open the door. Yeah, I agree. I'm very much in alignment with you on that. That's great. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for sharing what you have. I think your work is just tremendous and you're really opening doors for people who are disabled as well as employers who are really interested in opening up their uh, their workforce, their opportunities to people who can really serve in an effective way. So I thank you so much for being here and sharing what you have. Thank you again for the invitation. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yes, they can reach me by email at Cindy and at C-Y-N-D-I dot O-B-A-N-N-O-N O-B-A-N-N-O-N, at APSI. That's A as in Adam, P as in Paul, S as in Sam, E as in Edward dot org. Great. All right. Well, thank you again, Cindy. It's been great to have you here and I appreciate the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for the invitation, Ursula. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.